Luke chapter number 18, and we'll begin reading in verse number 9. Luke 18 and verse number 9. The Bible said, And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up in the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed with us himself, God, I thank thee that I'm not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For every one that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Father, we pray this morning in Jesus' name, God, that you would touch us these next few moments. I pray that you'd give us wisdom beyond ourselves. I pray you'd help us to take the word of God and not handle it deceitfully this morning. But, oh God, I pray that you'd be lifted up, you'd be glorified. Lord, I pray that you would speak to our hearts in a personal manner. We'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. I'm sure you're familiar with the story of the of the parable of, of the Pharisee and the publican. And when you think about these two men this morning, uh, you think about Jesus. He said in verse number 10 that two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other one a publican. Now, when you think about these two men, they went to the same place and they went for the same purpose. The Bible says that in verse number 10 that they went to the temple and the purpose was that of prayer. But they had a different perspective. As you begin to read this parable, uh, one trusted in himself and, and the other one trusted in God. And that is the, the point of that parable. It proves this right here that the Pharisee, no matter how good, the Pharisee was not a bad person. He was a good person, but no matter how good of a person he was, he wasn't good enough to get to heaven within himself. Isn't that right? And then the other side of that coin is, is that the publican was no doubt a bad person. Now, I know this is a parable, but in context, when you think about it, the publican was one that was a Jew that had been uh, uh, employed by the Romans, and so therefore he was living a very deceitful and a very wicked life, uh, uh, deceiving and cheating others. Uh, and so he's a very wicked man, a very dishonest man, and he was a very bad man, but it also proves the point that no matter how bad a person is, uh, they can still be found forgiven, they can still find mercy, and as they sung just a while ago, the blood uh, uh, can still wash away their sins, amen? But I want you to notice this morning, not necessarily uh, the parable within itself, but I want you to notice verse number nine this morning and I want you to see the purpose of this parable. Why did Jesus give uh, this parable? The Bible said that he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves. Amen. I want to preach this morning on this subject on the tragedy of trusting in yourself. The tragedy of trusting in yourself. The reason we have this parable this morning is because Jesus is preaching to a crowd that is putting trust within their self. We see their faith. The Bible is very clear in verse number nine that their faith is not in God. Their faith is not in Jesus Christ. Uh, their faith is in themselves. And can I tell you something this morning? Nobody goes to heaven because of anything that they do. Amen. I'll tell you, you can dress right and you can do right and you can spit white and still die and go to hell. Amen. My friend, salvation is not uh, in what you and I do. Uh, it's not in performance, uh, but it's in 
the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that right? And so we see their faith. They, they trusted in themselves. And then secondly, we see their foolishness. Look at verse number nine again. It said that they trusted in themselves. Now notice this, that they were righteous. Amen. Boy, isn't that foolish this morning that anybody could think uh, that they could do enough, that they could be enough uh, uh, to obtain mercy or to obtain salvation, should I say, uh, within themselves. How foolish of a thought that is uh, for someone to think that going to church will get you to heaven, being baptized will get you to heaven. It's how foolish it is to think that paying tithes uh, will get you to heaven or being affiliated or being kin to someone that's a great Christian will get you to heaven. Friend, that is foolishness. Uh, it's not the facts of the word of God. Amen. Well, we got a lot of religious people that sit in our churches today that they tell themselves, well, I'm okay because uh, I, I've never done this or I've never done that, uh, you know, and, I, and I've lived this way and I've lived that way. Friend, we can put you right in this context this morning. If that's what you're basing yourself to get to heaven, that's a foolish thought. Uh, you need to look in the word of God uh, and listen, you're, uh, nobody goes to heaven because of what they do. They gotta be saved, amen. And so there's the faith, there's the foolishness. And then I want you to see in verse number nine, the filthiness of this crowd. Look what the Bible said. They trusted in themselves that they were righteous. Now notice this, and they despised others. You know, when we think about filthiness this morning, we think about vile, we think about something wicked, we think about uh, perversion, isn't that right? When we think about the filthiness of sin, our minds could go in a thousand different directions this morning of places that we don't need to go and things we don't need to think about that we would consider, well, that's just a filthy sin. I'll tell you one of the filthiest sins, uh, uh, even that is perverted, and that's religion, amen? You see, religion uh, is far more perverted than any other kind of sin you can think of. In fact, it leads to a lot of other kinds of sins. Uh, if you think about a lot of false religions, uh, as Miss Melody was mentioning this morning, uh, uh, listen, when you think about them false religions, you know most of them always leads off into some type of wicked perversion. You know why that is? Uh, because religion in itself uh, is perverted, amen? For a man to think that's the way of Cain, for a man to think that he can work his way to heaven, he can do something good enough to earn his way into heaven, friend, that's as filthy as anything else. Uh, and what religion does, uh, it makes you feel better about yourself uh, and it makes you feel superior to others, amen. You see, uh, uh, that's one thing about being saved. If you know you're saved this morning, here's what you know. You know you don't deserve to be saved. You know there wasn't anything you could do to save yourself. And you know that if you got what you deserve, if we got what we deserve, you know where you'd be. Isn't that right? That's what salvation does. Hey, listen, salvation comes to a humble heart and salvation will keep a heart humble if he'll allow it to. But religion builds a person up. And this crowd had built themselves up so much uh, that they were pious uh, and they looked down their pharisaical nose. Uh, they looked down their pious face uh, and they looked upon others uh, and they despised others. I want to say this morning, I have seen saved people who were saved, but for whatever reason, they begin to put confidence in themselves. And they thought of themselves to be something great of a Christian. And they looked down upon others. Can I tell you this morning, no matter how long we serve God, we're still made of the same dirt. Is that right this morning? You're looking at flesh this morning. 
I've got the same battles. I fight the same uh, things within myself that every other man fights, and so do you. And I'll tell you, there's nothing, there's no such thing as a snooty Christian. Somebody say amen. There's no such thing as somebody that, that thinks they're better, that's, that's a Christian that thinks they're better than somebody else. No, Christians are humble people. Christians are lowly people. Uh, Christians prefer their brother before themselves. Christians don't magnify their flesh. Now, there may be some saved people doing that, but real Christians don't think, hey, listen, I believe in dressing right, just like we said earlier. And one of the reasons we emphasize that in the church uh, is, man, I believe it every day, not just the church too. Somebody say amen right there. Uh, but can I tell you, uh, one of the reasons I emphasize it so much is church uh, is because one day I'm gonna stand before God and give an account uh, of, of everything that goes on in the church. Uh, and that's a big responsibility. And then also I've seen the other side of that coin. When you let everything and anything go on in the house of God, uh, I've seen the end results of what that does to the church. Can I tell you something this morning? Doing all them things don't earn you favor with God. This morning, the filthiness is oftentimes not the filthiness of the flesh. We know that outward things are filthiness. But what about the heart this morning? What about what goes on in here? Because everything that's committed with the body starts in the heart, the mind, the heart, then the body. I think about the, the Bible mentions the tragedy of this crowd, this Pharisee. I want you to look at three things this morning and we'll be through. What is the tragedy of trusting in yourself? What was the tragedy of this man in this text this morning? I want to say the first tragedy is, is that trusting in yourself, number one, it leaves you blind, amen? The Bible said in verse number 10 that two men went up to the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. And notice in verse number 11, the Bible said that the Pharisee stood and prayed thus within himself. Notice that phrase there, the Pharisee stood and thus prayed within himself. What you see here is his position. He's a Pharisee. You see here uh, his pride. The Bible said that he stood. Uh, and I don't think there's nothing wrong with standing and praying, but in this context, uh, this is a man that will not bow his head. He will not bend his knee, but he stood. There's the pride of this text. And then there's the prayer. Uh, this man was praying. You know, just because somebody praise, that doesn't mean they're right with God, amen? Just because somebody says a prayer, that doesn't mean they're saved, that doesn't mean they're right with God and there's a lot of people, hey the Muslims pray, and listen, the Buddhists pray, but this man's praying, but notice the next thing notice his powerlessness, the Bible said that the Pharisee stood and he prayed, notice this, thus within himself you know what that means? that means that God didn't hear this man that means that his prayer never got beyond himself. Can I tell you something? That's what religion, that's what trusting yourself does. It'll leave you blind. Here's a man that goes to church. Here's a man that prays. Uh, if you look at his prayer, uh, listen, he had a pretty good format. I'm not saying I agree with the context, but I would say based on the structure of his prayer, this was a man that knew how to pray. This wasn't the first time he had prayed. If you called on him to pray in church, uh, it's not. It's a pretty pathetic prayer within its context, but at least you'd understand what I'm saying. This is a man that knew the, how to go through the formality, but it was a formality without any reality to it. Uh, he was praying, but his prayers wasn't getting above the ceiling. And can I tell you something? 
something that's what trusting in yourself does. It leaves you blinded. If you're here this morning, you're not saved. I pray that God pulls the scales off your eyes, that you look beyond the realm of religion. You look beyond the realm of rules. You look beyond the realm of yourself this morning and realize you need a relationship. You realize that's what all this is about, the singing, the preaching, the worship. You know what it's all about? It's about you and I having a personal relationship with God. It's not about your parents. It's not about your children. It's not about your spouse. For when it comes to the end of life, it's just gonna be about you and God. And what is your relationship with him this morning? Do you know him in the free pardon of sin? Have you been born again? Do you know that you're saved by the grace of God this morning? You see, that's what religion does. It it leaves you blind. The tragedy of trusting in yourself is number one, it leaves you blind. Number two, it leaves you boastful. Look at what he says. Verse number 11, God, I thank thee that I'm not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. You see, the boastfulness is in his language. He, he used God. He said, God, I thank thee. You know, if you hear somebody thanking God, you just assume they're saved. Isn't that right? Y'all still with me this morning? You just assume they're saved if they're thanking God. You would assume that if they thank God, they know God. But not everybody that thanks God knows God. This was nothing more than a religious prayer. This man is fixing, we're fixing, fixing to see that. We see not only his language. You know, I think there are people sitting in our churches, they've learned the lingo. They know the language. They know what to say and when to say it. I would say this morning to you, you've got to get beyond the language and realize, is it real in your heart this morning? Do you really know Jesus Christ? Uh, get beyond just being the rhetoric, amen? In fact, I was working on a sermon the other day, rhetoric versus righteousness, amen? Have you ever noticed that we're living in the last five or six or seven years? Uh, have you noticed this, uh, uh, that people are getting, uh, it's kind of popular uh, to have religious talk. Anybody ever noticed that? What I mean by that is there's people that don't even live right. Boy, you listen to their rhetoric. You think they're saved? You think they love God? They've learned how to say certain things. They'll say, well, I just thank the Lord and I don't think there's nothing wrong with the lost man thanking God, but they'll go on and they'll thank the Lord and, and people's learned how to talk and, and they think that because they can say the right things and, and they can put it in the right uh, terms uh, uh, that, that they're right with God. But can I just say this? Uh, look at me this morning for just a moment. It's a very, if you don't get nothing else, I want you to get this. Uh, don't listen to what people say. Look at how they live their lives. Say, man, don't listen to their rhetoric, look at the righteousness, amen. What I'm saying is, uh, if somebody's living like the devil, living like the world, uh, I don't care if they're talking the spiritual talk and they're saying all the right things on social media and they're putting all the little things out there that looks all spiritual and everything like that. I'm telling you, look at how they're living their life uh, because God's not looking. Uh, he looks on the heart, uh, but he sees the outward appearance as well, amen. You see, I'll tell you if social media's done anything, and it hadn't done anything good. But if it's done anything, here's what it's done. It's revealed the heart of people. You don't know how somebody really thinks? Go look at their social media account if they got one. That'll tell you, that'll tell you volumes about them. I'm saying this morning, sure it's quiet in here. I'm telling you this morning, God, God does look on her heart because he don't have to look at the outward appearance, but here's what God knows. God knows the outwardness of our life is just a reflection of our heart. 
Amen. He knows. Brother, here's a man that is boastful. He, he's, his, he, he's boastful. This boastfulness, it's seen in his language. It's seen in his list. Look what he said. He said, uh, uh, he said uh, I'm not as other men are. He said, as, I'm not extortioner. I'm not unjust. I, I'm not an adulterer or, or even as this publican. You know the problem with this Pharisee is that he was comparing himself to other people rather than comparing himself to God. You see, he, he compared himself to man's standard rather than comparing himself to God's standard. And can I tell you something? If you're comparing yourself to other people, you'll always find someone that'll make you feel good about yourself. Amen? You know why that is? Uh, because we can see the flaws of others and the failures of others more than we can see our own. But when we take ourselves uh, and we compare ourselves to God's standard, can I tell you something? We never measure up. Amen? We, ne- we always miss the mark. Uh, and that's a good thing because it reminds us uh, that man at his best uh, is not worth trusting in this morning. I have nothing to boast about. Can somebody say it, man? You have nothing to boast about this morning. As I said earlier, if I got what I deserve, I'd be in hell. I'm telling you, listen, the only reason we're here this morning is because of the mercy and the grace and the love of God. We've not done anything good. If anything good has even happened in our life, it's because God did it, amen? And God should get the glory and God should get the honor and God should be praised. We ought to not magnify the flesh we ought to magnify God, amen. I'm gonna tell you, even as a pastor, and I understand we can we, we understand the context when we say follow the man of God, that just means support what God's laid on his heart, but on the other side of that coin, can I say, I don't want people to follow me. I want to follow Christ. Well, I'm telling you, if all your children get preacher religion, one day they'll go haywire, they'll go nuts on you. If all you got this morning is I love my church and I love my pastor, boy, don't you thank God for people who love their church and love their pastor. I I thank God for that. But if that's all you have this morning, what are you gonna do if the pastor dies and the church folds, amen? It's gotta go deeper than that. The things we do, we ought not to do them to uh, to look good in the eyes of men. We ought to do the things we do because we love him and we wanna honor him and we wanna please him. Then it doesn't really matter what people say or think about it. I'm talking about freedom when you trust in yourself. I'm telling you, you can have a list as long as your arm, but it doesn't merit you the favor of God this morning. His boastfulness is in it. I, I, you know, I've seen this. I've seen in people that are, were, were not saved and people that were saved. They come to church, God start working in their life, things start changing in their life, boy, God start, and they start feeling good about that. Don't feel good about it. Thank God for it, but, but just don't, don't, don't focus on the things that God's let you that God has accomplished through you. Focus on all the things that are still not accomplished yet. Is that right? You see, I don't drink and smoke and chew and run with those those that do, but I got a whole lot of other problems this morning. Can somebody? Can I get a witness on that? You say, what are they, preacher? I'm not telling you. Amen. You're not telling me. I'm gonna tell you, friend. I fall short of the glory of God every day of my life. But I'm telling you, I'm not going to list uh, the things uh, in my life. Those things, uh, I, I thank God that, that he works on us and we grow, uh, but it doesn't get me any closer to God. It pleases him. It honors him. Uh, he's happy with that. Uh, but there's still more things that's got to be worked on in our life. Uh, you see, I, I've watched this down through the years. Uh, when people have a relationship with God and they have a list, they're not a Pharisee. They love God. But when people just have a list and they don't have a relationship, uh, then they just... They 
they, they think that they're doing okay and one day they get tired of the list, friend. One day they get tired of the rules. One day they get tired of all the things that they've gloried in and they want to go glory in something else and you know what? They pack up and they're gone. But I'm glad that what I got down in the recesses of my soul this morning, it's more than a list. It's more, my friend, I'm not doing it for man. I'm doing it because he pulled me out of the pit. He brought me out of the burning. I ought to be in hell this morning. But he gave me something worth living for. I don't do it to be seen. I can't do enough. But I thank God that I am what I am by the grace of God this morning. Amen. It's only by grace that we're where we're at today. It takes all the boasting, all the bragging. Oh, I'm telling you this morning, I want you to follow me as we follow Christ. Amen. And one day, uh, when I'm gone, whoever's left here, I hope you go on and serve God because you didn't have preacher religion, you didn't have man-made religion, uh, but because it's real to you. And I pray I never go sideways or crazy or nuts, but if I do, pray for me. Uh, come wi- visit me, come witness to me, but keep on keeping on, amen. Uh, I'm telling you, this is real this morning, uh, and this boastman is seen as his list, uh, and it's also seen in his labor. Look at what he said in verse 12. He said, I fast twice in the week. And I give tithes of all that I possess. Well, that's pretty good. That's more than a lot of church members today. Pharisees fasted on Mondays and Thursdays. The early church fasted on Wednesdays and Fridays because they didn't want to be called, they don't be identified with the Pharisees. I thought that was pretty good. But you preach on fasting today, we're all going to have to get an altar. Isn't that right? But fasting still works. And this man fasted twice a week and, and then he gave tithes of all that he possessed. See, am I supposed to tithe off the gross or tithe off the, am I supposed to tithe off the net of all that you possess? I mean, even a lost Pharisee knew that. You give it all, amen. You pay. I had a man tell me one time, he said, well, I don't really believe in tithing. I just believe in New Testament giving. I said, well, that's sell everything you got and give it to the poor. I think I, I'd live under the Old Testament and before the Old Testament economy, wouldn't you? Uh, but this man was given everything. He was given a tithe of everything that he possessed. His labor. You can't do enough to be saved. You can't can't live righteous enough. All the righteousness we could ever possess, filthy rags, now is a God. I pray that God shakes somebody up this morning that says, well, I'm I'm okay. I'm living. I I don't do this and I do that. Don't, don't, Don't boast in that this morning. You know how you get saved? It's when you wave the old white flag. You say, God, be merciful. I'm a sinner. I'll tell you what trusting in yourself will do. It'll leave you blind. It'll leave you boastful. And then I want you to notice this. It'll leave you bankrupt. You see, the Bible said in verse number 14, I tell you, and he talks about the, the, the publican. Notice verse 13, the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast. And he said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Can I tell you something about that word Merciful. I'm not a Mike Bagwell this morning, but I'll tell you what that word merciful means. It's the same Greek word that's used in Hebrews 9 and verse number 5 that for the word that, that's talking about the mercy seat in heaven where the blood, you know, that mercy seat in heaven is where the blood of the altar is on. Or the blood is on. That mercy seat, that altar in heaven, that's where the blood of Christ is. And this old publican, he goes in, he knows he's been wicked. He knows he's sorry. He knows he's a sinner. He knows he don't deserve to be saved. He knows he don't deserve God's favor. He sure don't deserve God's forgiveness. You know what he does? He's 
so low, he's so humble, he won't even lift up his head. He bows his head and smotes upon his breast and said, dear God, would you be merciful to me, a sinner? I'm telling you, listen, I don't know how much he knew, how much theology, but he knew something about that blood on the mercy seat. He knew something about that forgiveness, amen? He knew he'd been a sorry, low-down devil, but he knew there was enough blood as they sung this morning. The blood covers it all, friend. And he cried out to God for mercy. And Jesus said in verse number 14, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified. I tell you, I thank God for the day. I got under old time Holy Ghost conviction. I saw myself lost. I knew I couldn't save myself. I went down a sinner and come up a saint. I went down on my way to hell, but come up on my way to heaven. Came in condemned, but went to the house justified. Amen. Saved. 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 Are you saved this morning? I see here Jesus said, notice this, rather than the other. The man went home bankrupt. That publican got heard, he got helped, and he got healed. Little old prayer. This Pharisee went home the same way he came. You know what it proves? You know what the text proves this morning? Is everybody may come to church. But everybody don't go home the same way they came. While one man went home justified, another man went home the same way he came. I'm going to tell you something this morning. If you're lost, I don't want you to go home the same way you came. I don't want you leaving feeling good about yourself. You know what that publican, he felt good. That publican, you know what? He felt good. But he didn't feel good about himself. Is that right? You know, the day I got saved, I felt good. Didn't you feel good the day you got saved? Feels good to be saved. I'm not saved on my feelings. But don't it feel good to be saved? Well, the day you got saved, you felt good, but you didn't feel good about yourself, did you? Because you saw yourself as you really are for the first time. You saw yourself for how sorry and low down. You said, well, I never did any of those things out in the world. You're still sorry and low down. Man at his best is just man and he's sorry and low down. That old publican he thought, well, you know what? Uh, the blood covers it all uh, and I'll just go to the house of God. Uh, I've been wicked. I've cheated. I've lied. I've stolen. Uh, I'm sorry. I deserve to go to hell. He got inside the temple. He wouldn't even so much as lift his head up but he said, God be merciful merciful to me a sinner. How did that man go down? Listen, he came in so low, but he went home so happy. How could he go home that happy? I'll tell you why. Something happened on the inside of him. I tell you, he felt good. I'm sure if he bumped into somebody on the way, they'd say, well, how was church this morning? He'd say, well, I'll tell you what. I didn't even deserve to be there. I didn't even deserve to go. But I'll tell you, I bowed my head in the best way I knew how. I said, dear God, would you be merciful to me a sinner? I'll tell you something took place in my heart and sweet assurance, a blessed peace came on the inside and I went home justified. Hallelujah. You know, you don't got, you don't got to go home miserable this morning. If you're trusting in yourself, can I, can I say this as we stand? The most miserable people I've ever met in my life were not out there. They were in church. I'm going to tell you, if you're lost this morning and all you got is yourself and your works and your religious things, and well, I, I just, I know I'm saved, preacher, because I'm a good person. If that's all you got this morning, friend, I'm going to tell you something about church. When you're not saved, 
Hey, listen to this. When you're not saved, church is the most boring, miserable place to be. I'm going to be honest with you this morning. If I wasn't saved, I wouldn't be in church. I wouldn't be in church. Why would I come to church if I wasn't saved or plan on getting saved? Why would I want to hear preaching if I'm not saved? Why would I want to sing in the choir and sing? Why in the world would I want to sing them songs about Jesus and the blood if I'm not saved? That's miserable. Oh, no, if I'm not saved, I want to be out there. I want to be doing my thing. And I find a lot of people, they go to church, they ease their conscience. How about it this morning? Who are you trusting? Are you trusting in yourself? Or are you trusting in Christ this morning? Our heads are about, eyes are closed. I wonder if there'd be somebody. Let's say, preacher, pray for me. I don't know if I'm saved. If you want to lift your hand this morning, I'll pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I want to pray for you. How about it this morning? What if they beat one, preacher? I'm not saved. Pray for me. Pray for me. What are you trusting, friend? What are you trusting this morning? What's going to take you to heaven? Where's your faith at this morning? Brother David's going to sing. Some have already come. If you need to come, would you come this morning? Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing yes. fire? Are you washed in the blood Are you washed this of morning? the Lamb? Has the blood been applied to your Are life? Are you fully trusting in His grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Let's sing it, church. Are you washed? Are you washed? Do you know that this morning? Have you been baptized in the blood of Jesus Christ? Cleansing blood of the Lamb. Are your sins forgiven? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Before we sing that next verse, I remember Sister Maisel testifying about when she got saved. She said she went down to the altar. She said she'd been down there many, many times to the altar and prayed and, and said she just couldn't ever get it settled. And she said finally, she said she got down there in the altar and she just said, Lord, if I go to hell, she said, I'm gonna go to hell trusting the blood of Jesus Christ. And she said, I got saved. I'm gonna tell you why that is because nobody can go to hell trusting in the blood this morning. If you've struggled with it and you ain't got it settled, if the Holy Spirit's convicted you and he's drawn you and you know this morning that you need to be saved, what you need to do is wave the old white flag. You need to throw in the towel. You need to come to this altar and get on your knees and humble yourself like that old publican and say, dear God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And Lord, I'm gonna do, Lord, I'm not trusting in myself, but I'm trusting in the blood of Jesus Christ this morning. If you'll do that, God will save you on this verse while we sing, if you'll come.